0: He will ambush the enemy. I can hear the sound of the line of Hello, Agape Church and friends. Welcome into the Building Up Podcast. This is episode number 98. I am David. Thank you guys for being with us today. We are continuing on the podcast to cover uh, chapters of Proverbs, the wise sayings of Proverbs. We've been walking through these chapters together uh, on the podcast as part of a big picture series that we're doing at Agape Church, where we are going through the book of Proverbs, studying it together, pursuing wisdom together. And uh, I'm very thankful, whether you're just jumping in with us uh, for the first time, or perhaps uh, you have been following along this whole time. Either way, very thankful, and, and hopefully today will be a benefit to you as we cover Proverbs chapter 16, and and again, we are not going through every single proverb in these chapters. We're looking at some of the big picture themes and uh, some of the uh, kind of key proverbs that we find in each one of these chapters, although they are all good, all helpful, and as we've been discussing, they all point us to Jesus. I just want to remind us of that over and over that the pursuit of wisdom is the pursuit of the man of wisdom, Jesus Christ himself. And so as you learn wisdom, and Proverbs is one of the ways that God has ordained for us to learn wisdom, um, as we do that, we are learning how to be like Christ. So the wiser you and I become, the more we're becoming like Jesus. And that is a is a very, I hope, very exciting thing to us as believers. And so we'll get into chapter 16 in Proverbs. Hopefully you you have read that, or perhaps you will, um, as soon as you're done with the podcast, go and read it. Either way, whichever one you find to be more helpful. One of the big themes in Proverbs 16 is the power of persuasive and gracious speech. And, and I really feel like probably every one of these chapters we could be looking at and talking about these themes of, uh, of, of speech, of the importance of our words. It just seems like Proverbs talks about that to us over and over again. And it reminded me of how Jesus taught in in Matthew. I believe it's Matthew chapter 15 in the New Testament. He's talking to some of the religious leaders of the day who were uh, very uh, careful about the rules uh, that, that they had laid down about what would defile a person or cause them to be Defiled in in their religious practice, um, unworthy, unclean, unable to come before God, and they focused on very external things. They focused on the things uh, of, of of what a person was to eat or what a person had touched, and of course, a lot of that had some Old Testament and Old Covenant backing. But Jesus, as he had come to fulfill the New Covenant, he was providing a brand new way to live. He had come to fulfill the law. And so he was teaching people now there was a, because of his fulfillment of the law, uh, there was a new way to live. And so one of the things that he's talking to them about is, you know, what truly defiles a person. And Jesus says in Matthew 15, that it is it is not um, what you put into your mouth that defiles you, but rather it is what comes out of the mouth that actually defiles a person. He says this in Matthew 15 verse 18. I'll read it to us. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. So Jesus is clear that you know this our, our mouth, our words, our tongue the things that we say originates from what is in our heart. And our heart is either pure or impure, uh, whether or not we have been born again in our faith in Christ. And so what we say and how we say it uh, does a lot to show us the work that needs to be done in our heart. And so Proverbs speaks a lot about that. And every time it talks about the tongue and the things that we say, It is also pointing us back to our heart uh, because wisdom ultimately comes from our heart. Foolishness ultimately comes from the heart. So what we say is really just a window into our heart for us to know what kind of issues we have and what we need to be praying about and what we need to be seeking the Lord on. So in Proverbs 16, there's a lot here about the power of persuasive and gracious speech, how powerful that can be. In uh, verse 21 in chapter 16, it says, The wise of heart, so you notice that wisdom is in the heart. The wise of heart will be called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases per- persuasiveness. And so here Solomon is saying that a person who is truly wise in their heart, people will refer to them as a discerning person. That will be their reputation. And their speech will be sweet or pleasant to others. And that will actually increase their ability to be persuasive or to teach. So there's a lot there, but you and I, when we are wise in heart, we have, we have the tool of pleasant speech in order to make our point. We can actually persuade people to the teaching of God's word and to understanding knowledge from his word, we can persuade them to right paths through the use of pleasant speech, pleasant tone, pleasant words. We actually will win people over that way. And that probably isn't our natural thought process. A lot of times our thought is who can be the loudest, who can be the angriest, who can win people over with their, um, with their forceful speech. And Proverbs is saying, you can probably be a lot more persuasive. That's the general ideas that you can, general principles that you can be much more persuasive with pleasant and sweet speech than any other kind. It goes on to say in, uh, let's see, in verse 23, the heart of the wise makes his speech His speech judicious, easy for me to say. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious, which is another word to say intelligent. And he adds persuasiveness to his lips. So again, same idea there that we're able to persuade people by our words. And when our words are judicious, just, fair, right, intelligent, because we're learning God's word, because we are being persuaded in our own hearts, by knowledge and understanding then we will have the ability to be able to persuade others. Uh, and again, we can add persuasiveness to our lips, which means being persuasive in how we talk to others is something that we can learn. Verse 24, "...gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul." And health to the body. By the way, does anybody else think of honeycomb cereal when they hear that? That's where my mind goes. But gracious words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. So again, there we go. Pleasant, sweet, gracious words are helpful. They're good. They can give life to people. They are good for the body, good for the soul to both the person who gives them and the person who hears them. So we're, we're being pointed toward. Gracious, pleasant speech as a way of helping other people and persuading other people, not just toward our our opinion, but toward God's word and toward what is right. And then Proverbs 16 goes on to point out how, uh in verse 27, a worthless man plots evil in his heart, and his speech is like a scorching fire. Verse 28, a dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer, or a slanderer or a gossiper separates close friends, so there you see the opposite of being a person of persuasive and gracious speech, and that is that a person who is foolish in their heart, dishonest in their heart, they try to spread hatred, they try to separate close friends by slander and gossip, their speech rather than be being healing and helpful like honeycomb, it is like a scorching fire. So we want to add persuasiveness and intelligence to our speech by becoming people of wisdom, wise in our hearts, and who know how to speak in a way that is gracious and good, that will be helpful to people and uplifting to them and persuade them toward God and toward His Word. That's a big picture of Proverbs 16. And then probably the largest theme in Proverbs 16 deals with the plans of man compared to or in line with the sovereignty of God. The plans of man, the plans in a man's heart, compared to or in line with the sovereignty of God. This is all over chapter 16. Verse 1 says, The plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I think there's probably a couple of ways to look at that proverb, uh, if you would allow me to say that. Uh, One is that we can make a lot of plans. We can can think a lot of things that we want to do. But at the end of the day the answer of whether or not we're going to be able to do those things actually comes from God. And I think there's other verses in chapter 16 that bears that out. Now, another way to think of that proverb, uh, which I also think would be in line with wisdom, is that we can really make a lot of plans of what we want to say, what we want to argue to somebody. But at the end of the day, for us to be able to put together a concise and persuasive argument uh, to be able to persuade someone, that's actually a gift from God that is in line with the things that we just talked about, where wisdom is in our heart and God is giving us the gifts and the ability to actually be able to put our, our arguments, our plans into a thoughtful speech or a thoughtful sentence. That is a gift from God. And so we can ask God to help us. Um, to take the plans and the things that we're wanting to share with people and actually put them into good words that would be persuasive. I think you can look at that proverb in either one of those ways, honestly. Verse 2 says, All of the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. (laughs) That means that often you and I think that what we're doing is right, that our motives are good, that our plans are sufficient Yet God weighs our spirit. He knows what's in a man. He knows whether or not we are genuine and sincere. And you can connect that with verse 1, that uh, we're making a lot of plans, but sometimes our plans may not be the right ones. We may not have the right motive. So the final answer comes from God, who weighs the Spirit. Proverbs continues, verse 16, excuse me, chapter 16, verse 3. So commit your work to the Lord. And your plans will be established. So you can put all of these together. We make a lot of plans in our heart, but it is only God who can give the decisive answer. We think we're right and our ways are pure, but it is God alone who weighs the Spirit. So commit your work to the Lord. It actually means roll upon God, cast to Him everything that you have to do. And if you will lay it all on Him, that means that you will trust Him, go to Him, you will lay it before him and say, God, this is what I want to do. These are the plans that I'm making. God, I think that I'm I'm good here. I think that my motives are pure. I think that my plans are solid. But God, I'm committing this to you. Will you show me the way to go? Will you show me if this is the right thing for me to be doing? And Proverbs says, if you will do that, your plans will be established, which means ultimately they will prosper and they will be fulfilled. Because God will ensure That you're making the right plans when you ask him. Over time, he will lead you, which is what verse 4 in chapter 16 tells us. God governs everything and he leads everything to its proper end. The actual proverb says, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. What we're learning there is that God ultimately is governing everything and He is leading everything to its proper place and its proper purpose. And so you can trust God that if you will lay your plans before Him, He will make sure they prosper if they're the right plans because He is guiding everything. Verse 7 shows us the importance of this. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's a general principle. Of course, we know that these are not... Um these are not uh promises as we've talked about, proverbs are principles, but what we learn is that God is so sovereign and he is so good that when we commit our ways to the Lord, He He can work so that even our enemies will be at peace with us. And he goes on to say, let's see, we do a few more of these. Um Verse 25, there's a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way to death. So that connects back to Proverbs 2, all the ways of a man, excuse me, Proverbs 16, 2, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. So we want to make sure we're laying things before the Lord always. Uh, Verse 9, the heart of a man plans his way, but it's the Lord who establishes his steps. Same principle there. We plan what we'll do and where we'll go, but it is only God who can bring our plans together and make them fruitful. So let's cast our care on him. And then verse 33, I love verse 33 in Proverbs chapter 16, and that is the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. So in this big picture of the plans of man and the sovereignty of God, we're being told, put your Put your plans before God, put your spirit before God, and he will establish what you're doing. But know that not only does God direct our careful plans and the ones we're thinking about and the ones that we're praying about, and the ones that we're putting before him, but God takes even the most seemingly random of things, like casting lots, which is just rolling dice, and God, even then, the rolling of the dice, the random choices of life ultimately fall under His providence and His care. Now that is not a reason for us to not pray about things, but it is a reminder that God is leading all things to its proper end. Even when we forget to pray and ask Him, even when we make seemingly random choices, even then God is guiding us by His providence and care. So I hope that that has been helpful to us as we looked at chapter 16. Due to time, we're going to wrap it up, but if you have any questions, use the email in our outro, um, or if you have my number, give me a text. we Would love to hear from you. Know that you're listening to these and talk about any questions you may have. Until next time, church, grace, and peace to your family. Thank you for listening to the Building Up podcast, a ministry of Agape Church in Pinson, Alabama. If you have a question about today's podcast or would like to suggest a topic for the future, please email us buildingup@agapepensacola.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcast app.